It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided our world has become? We desperately need stories of peace and healing. We find the bridge builders across the globe who are stepping into the divides of culture and bringing understanding, compassion, and reconciliation. And now, here's your hosts, Jonathan Sanborn and Lisa Jernigan. And hello to you all this day. We're just so happy to have you as part of our of our show. And we just imagine that we have this plethora of people sitting around our table. Um, with I'm Lisa Jernigan, and I'm you? Jonathan. I'm serving pizza to all of us. And it's, it tastes pizza. delicious, by the way. It's time to have some delicious pizza and talk peace. Talk a peace. Peace. Right. And pizza peace. Pizza <laughs> pizza. <laughs> pizza pizza. <laughs> pizza. This, this is digressing already before I, we even start the show. Do you think? It, it is digressing, but okay. it's a delicious digression. I know. You're making me really hungry <laughs> okay. when you say that because we're, we're – yeah. Uh, making me hungry. <laughs> well, we are super excited for our guests because uh, on our last show – we had a really good friend and it, just an engaging conversation, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, with our good friend Chuck Fitzgerald, who wears many hats. And mm-hmm. we found ourselves saluting. He was saluting, wearing a fedora. Right. Yes. In our dreams. And we <laughs> saluted him because he's the sergeant at arms for the House Representative, all of that. But he's a member of Rotary. Yes. And so today, I love it when friends introduce you to their friends, right? Because mm-hmm. that's, just, that's just a beautiful thing. Like, I want to meet my friend and your friend and friends share friends, right? Yes. And so today we have on Larry Horton, who is a friend of Chuck Fitzgerald's and a new friend of ours, I'm sure, going to be, because any friend of Chuck's is a friend of ours. So uh, we want to thank Chuck for sharing Larry with us. And Larry, we just appreciate you joining us all the way. I think you're on vacation in Ohio somewhere. Yeah. Although a lot of folks might not call of, of, of trip to Ohio vacation. <laughs> well, we, we lose. You're, yeah, we lose that term. Use that term loosely. But you're you're away. You're out of town, and <laughs> it's right. probably not as hot as here. So that's a vacation, right? That's a vacation. Right, yes. Right. Well, Larry, there was a tornado siren last. Oh, night. Well, oh, yeah. We're, oh. We're, we're surviving. We're surviving okay. well. Yeah. You know, I always love new experiences. So as long as I know they're going to end up okay, yes, it's kind of cool to go. <laughs> right. I tornado survived. A, you're right. Tornado. Yeah. Yes. As long as you know it's going to be okay. Right. <laughs> but that's the thrill of yeah, it. You a lot just of don't know. To be right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. Well, Larry, we're just so glad to have you on our show. And um, you have a couple different hats. You recently retired in 2016 um, with the Phoenix Police Department, and you are currently. Let me get make sure I get this right. Rotary District District Governor here in Arizona, and I don't exactly know. Jonathan, do you know what that means? I, I don't. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to find out what that means. And all we know is Rotary does amazing things in our community. And I'm just on a kind of discovering because I got introduced to Rotary through Chuck mm-hmm. and doing amazing community things in the name of peace and yeah. peacemaking. Yeah. So we just want to start off with you. Just tell us a little bit about who you are and who you are as a peacemaker and your involvement with Rotary. There's a lot there. That was a questions. lot of questions. Those are a lot of questions. So, Larry, three. just just take it wherever you want to go. <laughs> Man, I love it. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me uh, as a guest. I, I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, I ended up leaving the Phoenix Police Department in 2016 okay. after 20 years of service. Wow. Uh, mm. It was, it was uh, you know, you got to understand, I was a 20-year-old kid when I started, and uh, not much more mature after I left 20 <laughs> years later, but um, <laughs> enough to really differentiate. And then uh, now my position is uh, within Rotary. Early on, 2011, I, I was introduced to Rotary, and 
as an organization, uh, I like to really define us as change makers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, at the very bottom, it's a service organization. We really go out into the communities. We really try to help the communities be better. But we also help really establish a worldwide network of communication, really shrink this globe in order to understand other people from across continents, to have a better understanding of, you know, what's your situation like? How can we help you? Um, how can we support what we're doing from over here and, and have it have it translate to completely different languages and cultures and things like that so that we can have a, a, a just a more peaceful situation? Uh, and that's that's a lot the basis of what Rotary is involved in uh, on a significant level. Mm-hmm. I've talked to Chuck about this at length, and uh, it, that's very exciting for us to be a part of you know a, so, a format like this. You no, know, I'm learning right now as we speak because I I mean probably high name recognition. I think a Rotary. I can I can see the logo. I have a generally positive like they're helping out good service, but I had no idea about this idea of this. And you maybe just want to sign up. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to be a change maker with you guys. <laughs> then I'm doing my job. You are. Well, it, it, well, what's funny is to think about this. So the United Nations was created after Rotary was formed, and they, they actually sought out Rotary uh, to find out how the United Nations could set up their format and their structure. Mm. And as an organization... Rotary is the only one that has a seat at the table in the United Nations. There's actually a, uh, an opportunity for Rotary and, and, and members of Rotary to contribute towards the United Nations and what they're trying to achieve, which uh, is at the basis, right? I had no idea. Wow. It, it, I did not have no clue. How things, yeah, it, it, it's, it's special. Um, mm-hmm. And I apologize right now as well if there's background noise, because obviously I'm in a situation where i'm not in a, in a in a closed environment but mm-hmm. um so there's there's these aspects of rotary that are very um nuanced uh, but it, you know at the very basic you know if you're in your community and you want to help like we have done chuck actually my club uh a group of people which i'm the oldest member uh we've gone out and we've done a whole bunch of stuff for foster kids Mm. We've worked with an organization called OCJ Kids mm-hmm. and help support them. And and so what does that mean, right? You end up giving a whole bunch of, let's say, used suitcases to a bunch of kids who might not have a, a way to transport their things other than a trash bag. And so they have some dignity, and they can carry that forth. And who knows what ripples that create so that they don't necessarily, you know, once they're 18 – go out into a, a system that might reject them mm-hmm. and maybe become a, an aspect of that system. You know, uh, instead, maybe because they have a little bit of dignity or they've been shown some respect or some, some generosity, they decide, you know what, I'm going to try to better myself, etc. And And so what Chuck and I have talked about at length is, you know, every act of service that we do is an act of peace. Mm-hmm. And we truly believe that. And we've mm-hmm. seen it firsthand. You know, that, that one practical example that I just showed you is one of many. So make just take that another step further. Like how is an act of service, like how is a suitcase an act of peace in this case? So, yeah, and, and, and there are several things, right? Um, a lot of times, here's an example. We hang our hats as, as, a, as a district, uh, as, a, as a majority of the state of Arizona, 
on what we call the, the Navajo Water Project. So the Apache County, in our own backyard, mm-hmm. along the border of the New Mexico of New Mexico State, in Arizona, is the most food insecure community, uh, most food insecure county in the entire nation. In the in nation, our own backyard. Wow. In the nation of the United States, and and so we have gone and and through grant projects and fundraising amongst the clubs and and internationally, we have raised over $400,000 in order to provide cisterns so that those communities can have water and and hygiene and cleanliness, and they can live in their own communities, and they can be healthier and safer. And when you have that situation, you're not competing against yourself or your community members. You're just living without having these barriers to existence. And so you don't turn to other things in order to try to have a scarcity mentality. You can have abundance Mm. and you can have success and therefore be more peaceful. And and like little things like this are, you know, those, those all mount up. Mm. They all really make a significant contribution. We make the world a better place. Those things contribute to peace. Now there's also things that we do that are direct peaceful initiatives, but Everything that we're trying to do in order to make our communities better absolutely contributes towards a peaceful, better world. Mm. So this is I'm, – I'm fascinated by this, including your background, the idea the, – you, you, what, what rank – I forget what rank you were in the police department. Were you chief of police or were you the – Oh, I appreciate that. I, I, I don't know if I'd ever want to hurt myself with that opportunity. That would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I – I ended up not going into supervisory okay. status because I really I, I appreciated what I could do at the officer level, and okay. I, I I still maintain that uh, I've got a lot of friends who are supervisors, yeah. and God bless them. I, I love those guys, but uh, yeah, that's not me. You were, but so, you you um, were twenty years with the police department, and so you think of like getting the bad guys is a police. Yet here you are in a peacemaker role, do you see them fitting together or you see them almost like a, just a, a, a complete divergence? Well, it's funny you say that. So um, we, you hear a lot of terminology in regards to peacekeepers. Yes. Right? We are keeping mm-hmm. the peace. And, and that terminology is commonplace and, and it, can be, it can be really um, dismissed as like, okay, peacemaker, peacemakers and peacekeepers are the same. They're so not the same. No. Mm-hmm. And in the time that I was a peacekeeper as a police officer, I did some amazing things. And I made some amazing contributions towards the community and yeah. I saved some people's lives. And I was very, very proud of that. Now my work as a peacemaker under this organization's umbrella, the, the impact and the legacy that I'm leaving is so much more significant than anything that I ever did as a police officer. Hmm. And, you know, I, and I know that sounds a little you know, Pollyannish, but at the end of the day, I, I absolutely believe that because I know that, you know, and I'm, the, the stuff I did as a police officer was very good, but I was enforcing the laws of the state of Arizona. Here, under underneath this rotary umbrella, I'm actually, you know, I'm changing people's lives in a, in a legacy format, in, in a way that is lasting. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's going to be not just one call to the next to the next, I'm not solving just an immediate problem so I don't have to solve it later on. I'm, I'm, I'm creating a change hmm. that is going to have lasting impact and influence is going to be far-reaching. Mm. I want to ask you a question about that. Like being an officer for 20 years, and you know it's been a few years since you've been out, and there's been a lot that's happened 
um, with just perceptions of police officers and just, you know, in our in our nation and, and locally. How how did you see your the community as a police officer? How did how you integrated, how you saw the community, how has that informed you in your role now with Rotary? Did you see that, in, you know, over time how the community evolved in certain ways and even with your role as a police officer, but how have you relied on some of that, those experiences in your peacemaking with Rotary? Oh, man, that is a fantastic question. Um, there was a lot going on, and there's, oh boy, we could spend another Several hours just talking about that one question alone. <laughs> no, um, she's good. So the the okay, there's a lot going on there. So the, with with Rotary and and um, the opportunities that have happened very recently, right? So obviously in 2020 um, there was uh, a, a real awareness, a, a significant raise in awareness about um, policing and communities. Uh, more so than, than things like Ferguson, because with, with George Floyd's death, it, it was a very universal thing. It wasn't really localized. It was something that was just ex- understood and accepted, and it was a real eye-opener. Mm-hmm. And so in my own Rotary Club, uh, like I said, I'm the oldest guy in that club, and I obviously have, you know, I've retired from a career where some of those young professionals are still learning about things. And instead of reading about something on a headline, uh, they got the chance to have some really uncomfortable conversations with me. And I wasn't super comfortable with those conversations. And then we would bring in community members. We had a lady who was a, a teacher in Scottsdale who spoke to our club who was African-American. And I'm, I'm part of that, you know, and we're having conversations and she's talking about her experiences. And I'm so in that it, it was fascinating because this small club of, you know, 20, 25 people, you know, and at the age of 45, 47, I am the oldest guy in the room. And I've got a chance to really give them a perspective that they might not understand because I'm bringing up things like, well, think about the black police officers that I served with and served under. Like, where are they in this equation? Like, let's open our eyes to those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's, let's have some real conversation. Like, you know me. You know what I'm trying to do, and I was a police officer. It wasn't like I was on the fringe. I mean, I was on the front line. So, you know, how does it feel to have somebody who you can put a face on on this position now and have some real honest conversations? And in that, we opened each other's eyes. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was fascinating. We had just some really super honest conversations that were respectful and were so valuable. And we were able to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was so great because to this day, now, I'm a, I'm a leader within the organization that is really trying to do some things that are significant for all of the community. And I, I, you can't obviously see me right now, but, you know, my background is I'm half Filipino and I'm half white. And so, you know, I'm living a diverse situation. Mm-hmm. Like every day I look in the mirror. And so to have that conversation as well, to lead an organization like ours that has been traditionally, you know, it's been a very um, Caucasian affluent organization. Well, you know, here I am yeah, <laughs> coming from government work and, and, and really not being, you know, fitting into those stereotypes as well as being under the age of 50. So it's like there's a lot of things that we're learning from each other about here. And, and I have a real opportunity in front of me to, to answer some really honest questions which is amazing. 
that, that you said so many key things in there. And you know, the thing of proximity, getting people together that have different backgrounds, different life experience, different ethnicities, and getting them in a room just to listen to each other is just powerful. Because we all want to know we've we've been seen, we've been heard, we've been acknowledged, we're valued for who we are. We're not always looking for agreement, but I love that you can say we just had conversations and we listened to each other. And even when you're, you know, you're you're kind of dismissing I'm this age and I'm that, and it's like, but that gives you so much credibility at the same time. It's not... It's not about an age or anything. It's just our life experience and how we how we treat people. Mm-hmm. And you use the word dignity even when you're talking about your suitcase thing. Is like, you know, restoring dignity to these kids that they have value and worth. That's so much a part of peacemaking. Mm-hmm. It's just restoring people's dignity and listening to them, getting them together. It, it, you yes, um, and and the vehicle to do all this. I, I don't want to. I don't want to reduce it, the vehicle to do all of these things is truly service. Mm-hmm. It is it is one thing to do fundraising and it is another thing to meet other people who have like minds. But to actually get out there and get your hands dirty and and really do the things that are you know, they're not convenient and they're and they're not super comfortable, but you're getting out and, and you're serving others outside of yourself. They see me doing that, and that gives me instant credibility with, with anybody, really, especially the members of my own club. And they see what we're trying to achieve in getting our hands dirty. And I tell this to folks all the time, like, you know, especially folks who say, you know, I'm just I'm trying to find my own definition, blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, what have you given back? Mm. And they say, what are you talking about? And I say, well, well, have you volunteered to serve somebody else? And has it hurt you? Has it, has it, has it been inconvenient? And has it been time out of your day and money out of your pocket? Has it really stretched you to grow? Hmm. I've never tried that before. All right, well, you know, let's let's go build Habitat for Humanity, or let's go do a soup kitchen, or let's go, you know, there's a project where we go down to South Mountain and uh, we hand out food from St. Mary's Food Bank to a local church, and it's super powerful because you get to see the faces yes. of the people you're helping. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not a check. That's very different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's engagement, and that's transformation, mm-hmm. right? That's not transactional. It's like, I'm in this with you. I see you. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what it takes. Is, is, and you, you made a good point. It's like I, there's a lot of us sometimes we're like, yeah, I really do want to volunteer. But when it's convenient for me, if it fits the schedule, if it's not going to, you know, if I'm not going to get pushed back or whatever. And that's not really volunteering. In this. I mean, it's like how do we get our – the willingness to get our hands dirty, right? Yeah. And to, um, to see things we don't want to see. Mm-hmm. to learn things we don't really want to learn, to be kind of disrupted in our soul. We push, we push back against that, Yeah. right? Because it's like, this doesn't feel good. And yet, how do we lean into this? And, and with the service aspect, which is so good, what you're saying, Larry. I, I appreciate you saying it. And then this is something that I want to impart to my daughter and generations going forward. This is something that I want to, I have a, just FYI, I have a three-year-old daughter. So, um, you know, I, I want to, I've talked to my wife about this exact same thing. I want you to, my daughter, to understand, like, the world is bigger than just this little fishbowl that we live in. Mm-hmm. So how can we stretch ourselves? And it's not comfortable, right? It's work. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you to do things that are outside your comfort zone. And I don't dismiss that. That is not a small deal. As, but how else are we going to figure this thing out, man? <laughs> how else are we going to figure this thing out unless we go and we do the work? 
the the actual work or the internal work, whatever it is, we got to we got to climb higher. You know. Mm, so true. So true. You're, I mean, th- these are just inspiring words. I think Jonathan and I are about ready to sign up and be a part of your of your group and, and do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm getting a do the work T-shirt. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> just, just do the work. Just yeah. Just I'm going to redo my Nike ones. Just do it, but just instead to get rid of it instead the work. Exactly. Just do the work. Right. And together. Yeah. That's right. Do the work together. Yeah. And and <laughs> and the peace thing is it's hard, right? We're it's it's we're not going to just. Peace isn't just going to fall in our laps, right? Mm-hmm. And, and but I think it's it's tough for folks to really want to grow, and I get that. I'm not I'm not foreign to that. But at the same time, I mean, if we really want this thing, we're going to have to earn it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and I think folks, if they if they have some concrete ways that they can do that, that's why organization. And you understand now, just listening to me, I hope you fall in love with this thing. You you really understand, and it makes you feel good to, to go out and do some fun stuff. What do you Get think? Back. What do you think is the biggest barrier? Why people don't do this? Because it, 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 you know, it's just do it, do the work, listen, get involved. But yet, it why is that so rare? Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I, uh, I my pastor actually talked about this. We we have a we have a lot of things that are competing for our attention right now, uh, and and because we're very privileged, we're a very privileged society obviously. And as these things are competing for our attention, you, you know, all the way down to if I'm a, if I'm a young kid, I'm, it's easier for me just to wake up and play PlayStation instead of, you know, wake up and, you know, you know, god awful in the morning and then go, go to some place in like South Mountain where it's really super uncomfortable and then, you know, break a sweat and, and give food to people like that. I could just be on my couch. And so, you know, for us, it's a situation to where us, and I'm talking about like our society, our culture. Uh, it's a situation to where, you know, you, you got you have inertia. You're, you know, objects that remain in, 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 not in motion, we're going to stay not in motion. And so you really have to do a big nudge. You have to do a big push in order. And, and what gets us to that point? Well, either we're passionately caring about our community or we, or we are in a position to where we just need change, which is a tough place to be. I mean, the majority of us are so comfortable. Mm-hmm. So if we're super, super comfortable, then what is going to jolt us? You know, and so my job as this district governor situation is to inspire you. Hey, guess what you can do? Guess how you can take this gift of your existence and then have it have a legacy for the future. Guess how you can show up in the world and have that actually matter going forward. And I think most folks want that. They just tend to forget it because we're competing with so many distractions. So if you bring that forward to folks and, and then, you know, just like we're having this conversation, you didn't realize that there were all these opportunities. And next thing you know, you're like, yeah, I want to do that. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what the, the issue is, is, you know, we're, we're, we're very blessed, right? But at the same time, we got to understand, like, hey, we're in this together with everybody. So let's give back a little. So how can our listeners get involved more? Is it, is it kind of like exclusive club for Rotary? How can – what is that? I, I, I just don't know enough. No, I love that question. It's very simple. So there are 57 Rotary clubs throughout our district. We have two districts in the state of Arizona. So if you were to reach out just in, let's say, the Valley alone, you would reach out to Rotary 
5495.org. Um, or you, if you want to email me directly, that's totally fine as well. And what we'll do, it's, it, it's a conversation and it's a relationship. So I don't want to shove an application in your hands. I want you to come out, see who we are, maybe go to a service project, serve alongside me, mm-hmm. see who we are, you know, do something that matters. And then if this is something that, that works for what you want, then by all means we can talk further about membership and things like that. But I would love it if we never picked up another member, but you had just this flood of people mm-hmm. who were coming to our service projects and just contributing as, as community members towards something. That, to me, is what is the most important thing. And frankly, at the end of the day, you know, you're going to sign up. and on that note (laughs) Larry this has been a great conversation thank you so much for taking time out of your vacation to be on our show we I I feel kindred spirit and what you've been sharing and what the show is trying to accomplish and uh, I hope uh, this really inspires uh, inspired me and I hope it inspired our listeners just as much so God bless you and your ministry and we look forward to what's uh, what's ahead I I, I much appreciate the opportunity. It turns out that uh, I go to Central. Oh, that's so okay. We got to meet face to face, face to face. Thank you, thank, thank you so much. Take care. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Amplify Peace, educating, immersing, training, and launching peacemakers to build united communities, and by Care Portal, a platform connecting the needs of children and families in crisis to the local church.